This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Munt from Bow Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunch Bucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. It's really, really not that good. Episode number 149, uh, so close to 150 of the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast, right here in beautiful Sherrard, Illinois, 1600 Buckslayer Place. We're in the Bucketorium, mm-hmm. the place to be, yep. if you know me. My mm-hmm. name's Steve, in the studio with me, well, we're in his house, Kurt. Hello, everyone. Eric. Howdy. There you go. And Doug Schmidt. Howdy. Thanks for joining us, Doug. Hey, how you doing, Doug? Welcome. Doug. Welcome to the yeah, studio. Really? How's it feel? Your first episode in the studio? It's fancy. I feel I feel good with the salt lamp here. I'm, I'm feeling refreshed. Oh, fancy! Lava, don't let me down. How about the lava lamp? Nah, nah. No, nah. you're not feeling the lava lamp. Yeah, I'm just kidding. What do you, what do you think? <laughs> all, the, all the bush latte uh, ornaments, bush rights. Yeah, bush rights. Yeah, yeah, whatever you want to call it, but it's bush latte uh, here in Sherrard. <clears throat> Thanks everyone for tuning in. Yeah, how's it going, guys? We're chipping away at the old podcast block here. Mm-hmm. Um, why wouldn't we? I mean, it's what we do. Nice scent crusher jersey, Eric. You like that? I do you like know, it. Man, like that thing. It's it tight. Looks it's like tight. A, it's very tight. tight very tight. <laughs> it's it's tight. tight. It almost looks like a female size. Well, it might be, but I could still fit in it. It looks very nice. 
Eric's wearing a Scent Crusher jersey. And uh, speaking of which, the podcast is brought to you by Scent Crusher. Scent off, game on. Uh, check out ScentCrusher.com. Uh, everything from Ozone Go, the bags, the closet, um, the wash station. They even got some stuff for your boots. And uh, Steve used the Ozone Go. Keeps his car smelling fresh. And my work truck. So everybody at work appreciates the Ozone Go. So thank you, Dan, for inventing that. Or do, have you just not <laughs> let them realize that they need to appreciate it yet? Like, uh, there, was, like, there was one day I was stuck at the shop, and uh, apparently some deodorants that I use don't cut it. So... Uh, yeah, definitely could have used ozone. Go. We need a deodorant sponsor then sometimes, huh? Hopefully, Scent Crusher makes a deodorant. They don't need to. I don't know how they would. Yeah, but no. yeah, anyway. The podcast is also brought to you by Elite Archery. Um, we are in the process of tuning all our bows in to where we like them. Between work <laughs> and uh, Eric working with funky things and shifts and weird shit that's going on. And Crazy. Steve doing the same. And me getting ready to leave for Arizona. It's kind of hard to sight in your bow when like you should is. be. Arizona, right? Well, we have our, yeah, that's exactly right. Great great job, Steve. Yeah, I love it. We have our shoot this weekend, and uh, we're still getting dialed in. I can only shoot 40 yards in my yard, so I'm <laughs> tuned into 40, and I've been shooting. And I think I'm sighted in about 10 yards, so Atta we're boy. good. Man, we're I'm sliding. sitting pretty good then. Yeah, it does you, I'm good, good out to like 100. 100. Maybe. We'll find out. He's Saturday. like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm knocking X's he's, out he's at 100. Com- you know. He's pretty confident in that, ain't he? There's going to be a lot of stuff on the line I Saturday. mean, if you can only shoot 10 yards, I think I can I can beat you. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I got my, I got my option know. six set up this week. I plan uh, on shooting tomorrow night, dude, until my arm falls off. We're going to. Well, my we, arm's going to fall off with the, the stab that I got on there. So let's talk about this for a minute, and then we can continue on. So Steve's got the option six, and like it's like what what do they actually call the the green? It's like is it olive green? Is that what they call uh, it? Uh, I can't remember what the actual elite. We color should is. know this. Yeah, it's, but, a, it's you me a it's, soda, Eric. It's their standard green color, and man, that thing pops. It, oh, it's a sweet looking bow. But you got the satellite dish on the front. Yeah, it picks up everything from ESPN to uh, the scrambled the, channels that you, you guys know what I'm talking about. I, I thought it was his Arby's plate. Ooh, it was pretty ooh, close, on it. but it's the doinker dish. And <laughs> I got to tell you what, man, I'm a huge fan of it so far. You're the only one. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. No, don't hate on it too hard yet. We got to make our point where we hate on it. I hate on it, Steve, because it's your bow. Mm. Um, but but really though, like I, oh, yeah. I I like the doinker dish. I think it's cool. I I was gonna buy one for the if it was time. on anyone else's bow, it'd be cool. But because I think, it's, I think Steve, it's a yeah, good no, idea it. if it's set up right. If it's set up right, yeah. So the doinker dish, it's the stabilizer. What is it? A ten or twelve inch? You have? Oh, I didn't measure. It I think it's the. I think it's the ten. Eight. Well, because you gotta. I don't know where they measure that from. I'm like, do you measure it from where the? Because we're locked the in, and, and, to the very end. I yeah, but where that dish comes out, it's not going to throw it off. That it's much. probably like, like another. Ten and a half well, anyway, up, so it's it's ten to twelve inches. So yeah. you get this big dish on the end, big round, like six inch round plate, maybe not that big. And there's weights that can thread in around uh-huh. throughout the the dish, so you can put all the weight on the left side. The counter, it's almost like supposed to work as like a back bar, but it's way out front, right? <laughs> yeah, is that, is that wrong? Uh, uh, kind of, because you can throw like. Two weights on one side and one weight on but the other. But still weight right? yeah, out front a, there, no matter what. Of, there's a bunch of holes around it, and you know you can mix and match. It's still weight out front, though. Yeah, Yo, there's a ton it, of You need a back bar. First thing I but, thought when I picked your bow up, I was like, oh, my God, the imbalance is steep. Handle this. But when you get that thing at full draw, 
And because with elites, when you're holding back absolutely nothing, it feels really, really comfy. You you wouldn't think it. The first time I picked I it up, I, I was like, I don't see it. I don't know how. The, and I shot I it a couple it. times. And I'm telling you what, man, for me, it absolutely works. I enjoy shooting that. Now I I, I moved to I moved to like one weight over, and it was weird about how much of a difference that made, and it felt even better. So there's a bunch of combos that I think I'm gonna just kind of mess around with you know if this is going to go here you know if you spin it here keep them all tight spread them out but it's saturday we'll know at the shoot saturday it's one of those cool things that you can just mess around with and if you can get comfortable with it it's i feel like it's so heavy though if you can shoot out there long distances you're going to drop out way more than you are i feel like your pin's going to drop out because, you know, you get out that 100-yard mark with that much weight on the front. Yeah, Mine falls out now because I have my I don't have enough weight on my back bar yet, which I'm going, we're going to tune her all in tomorrow. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. But Time you will know tell what? who shoots better this weekend because we're I'll on the same level pretty much. I'll, I'll tell you what. Starting fresh. I can fresh. hold that there because I'm so strong. And I get strong by the protein that I get after I shoot my deer and I take them to Smith's Custom Meats and Deer Processing. Best transition. Nice. And I'll tell you what. That was pretty good. I can hold I because I'm so strong with what that. What are you shooting, 90, 90, 100 pounds? 110? No, I'm oh. shooting like 145 pounds or something like that. Oh, cool, yeah. Yep. And uh, Continue. And I can do it's that. Crossbow? I mean, it, it's a regular bow. Wheels are for cars. Wheels, Wheels are for cars. cars. <laughs> so I can do that while shooting an HHA because it's a single pin. So because I use... All of the strength of my body to pull that bow back. I don't have to use any eye strength or brain strength to count numbers. Just one pin. Okay. You like that brain strength? Yeah, this is good. I like it. I actually said that uh, earlier today. That was so. not as a good transition. Yeah, whatever. You know, what we really do with a good we, one and a bad one. We got to thank our other sponsors, HHA Sports and yes. Smith's Custom Meats and Deer Process. And we kid, we kid, but we try to make the uh, our sponsor plugs not as painful as we, they could be. We try to keep them lighthearted because like, we want to get you guys interested. Check out everybody on uh, Facebook, Instagram, social media. We're Find fans. It. You're Google. You Google it. We love all our sponsors. They're actually, you know, I get the, you know, dope shit brings hate quick, as I say. And I think Cam Haynes might say that too, honestly. I said it and I'm like, this, and I think, I can't remember where I saw it. I'm like, dang, did Cam Haynes say dope shit brings hate quick as well? And I was like immediately, and I like, felt like the biggest poser. I'm like, <laughs> automatically everyone's like, yeah, Kurt got that from Cam Haynes. <laughs> so You ripped that off of someone. Let me clarify that. Um, but it is true, no matter who said it first. Oh, yeah. Um, and the thing is, like, our sponsors are like people that we generally have contact with. It's not someone that's like, Here's a fifteen percent discount. Never talk to you again. Like we uh, we d- like to develop friendships with our sponsors, and and we feel like they're they're genuine and and they're good people. And well, and we believe in their product, right? Yeah. You know, especially you know it, it's it's obvious. We do like we know Scott, we know Dan, we know Larry, and all the boys from Elite, and and uh, and, and Scott and other Smith, Scott, other Scott, other yeah. Scott. You know, like we're <laughs> friends with them, and that's uh, why things work for us, and and with them and. Unique relationships. Just wanted to kind of put that out there. Yeah. Um, Steve, you have a, a vet shout-out real quick? Oh, do I? All right, so the vet shout-out this week. We'll get her pulled up here. Here we go. All right, here we go. Here we go. Our vet shout-out this week is a Naval Special Warfare Commander. Uh, or, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Chief Special Warfare Officer Joseph Schmidt third. I read the wrong line. Uh, they're the ones who are looking no for him. No relation. No relation. 
Uh, he's a Navy SEAL. He's been in the news a little bit recently. You'll have to Google it if... Uh, with caution or what? No, but if you want to Google him with caution, look up J. No, hold Boom. on. No, no, no. Come on. Oh, come on. It's in a, it's in a news article. But uh, he's our vet shout out of the week. He was a Navy SEAL for a long time, and he's been in the news for some uh, other things, but uh, we approve of both. We do? I don't know I, what you're talking about. I do. I have no idea either. I approve of him being a veteran, and thank you for oh, your yeah. service. Thank you for your service. Yeah, the guy uh, spent his time and... Yeah, there's uh, just Google them. We approve. I, I'm confused. I feel like we should have listened to Steve more when he talked about it. And no, Steve's like, hey, I got an idea for a vet shout out. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, Steve. Anyway, whatever you look up, it's not our fault. You did it on your own yeah. device. Big shout out to him for being a veteran. <laughs> Thank you. Um, all right, we got Clinton Casper on the episode again. We're going to cut up with him. And, uh, whoa. And uh, we all know how that goes. Clint's a great guy. He's uh, super enthusiastic, he's inspirational. He inspires me, oh, yeah. um, and he's just a damn good time all yeah. around. And we wish he was going to be able to make it out to the shoot this weekend, but he can't because it's his boy Easton's birthday party, and we understand that. Mm-hmm. Uh, family first. Uh, we'll get Clint on here and uh, start cutting up with him. Thanks for tuning in. All right, as promised, on the phone, and uh, if you guys ain't uh, strapped in yet, you better be the legendary only available on this uh, on this podcast, being this wild, I should add, Clint Casper. Clint, <sighs> welcome back. I'm going to turn you loose. How you doing? Well, we're going to start it off like this. Yeah, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, yeah, watching around the world, may I have your attention? I have a question before we start this show. Do you some what Clint Casper is cooking? <laughs> How the hell are we, fellas? Steve, Steve's like yes. Yeah, we're Steve about we're it. about thirteen Steve years removed from level. that reference. Good lord, you can't even hate on a wrestling reference. I, can't. I, I had to bring it back. I, I I saw a thing the other day on Facebook, and literally, I just, I mean, I, I, I was just a big fan of that. I was a big fan of that. Not really necessarily him, but just the opening. I, it just it just hit me. I'm like, you know what? Steve's introducing me. I'm hitting you with it right now. It's, oh. it's coming out. Well, there you go. You're I laying the smack down. You know, you're, uh, you're laying the smack down on those, oh, on those Rudy Poo, uh, Rudy Poo candy, you know what, and Clint, we're glad to have you. So why don't you go ahead and uh, raise the raise the people's eyebrow and let us know what's uh, what's been intriguing you recently? I want to hear. Uh, I mean, I've been chasing turkeys all over the place. We've been in Kansas and Nebraska and struck out there, chasing around our bows. I mean, just bad weather, um, hand up. I mean, no excuse. I mean. I still should have got at least one killed, but just back and full draw a couple times, and just just didn't didn't get the final one. Never got never got one uh, never got one killed. Came back to Ohio for opening morning. Been chasing some birds around here. Been been at full draw a couple times. So I mean, I just been yeah. I mean, shed season was. Uh, I, I I can't complain about shed season at all. I had had a fantastic shed season. Ended up with. Uh, Fifty-seven. So had a great. Hold on, great how many? Season. How many sheds? I got. I, 
57 total. That's counting old ones, new ones, um, and uh, two, uh, not counting the two deadheads, but 57 sheds counting old and new for this year. Hold on, let me, did I hear you right? You said about seven? 57. <laughs> I know, I just, had to, I just had to hear you say it again. 57 sheds? I think that beats all 57 sheds, and I, I, I usually every year I keep kind of a, a half-ass tally on mileage and stuff because I got a I got a Gar, uh, Garmin Phoenix Three, so I mean I can I can keep up with my miles pretty good on that. And I was right at um, 278 miles this year as far as just designated for shed hunting. So I'm usually right in that 270 to 300 mark. So I mean I was pretty much right about on pace. Oh my and, and is, is that is that walking? He oh runs. yeah, that's, yeah yeah. That's yeah. uh jo- that's uh jogging, jogging, skipping, uh, dancing. You know, backwards jigging. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, son. I can't even do like 270 miles in a vehicle without having to take a take a breather. I have way through. So 57 <laughs> sheds, man. Well, I mean. Talk about. Let's talk about the smallest one. Like, do you, how many dinks do you find out of that fifty-seven? What, what's the breakdown? Oh, I mean, I mean, you're gonna. I mean, I've got probably, you know, at least fifteen or twenty that are. I mean, just you know, I mean, one you know, first rack deer. I mean, you know, and then I I, I always find a lot of deer that are in that like two to three maybe four year old range i mean it seems like we have a lot of deer that make it around into that two to three um and and i get pretty lucky on you know on on picking up some pretty good sheds in that range and then you're you know every year i'll find i would say probably eight to ten that are going to be you know well what i consider real good ones i mean going to be 65 70 inch pluses you know um, for four point sides, you get one that goes sixty inches. That's that's pretty pretty big for a four point. Just because I mean, you know, you're you're doubling that plus a spread. You're talking a buck that's going to be pushing one forty as or bigger as just a straight eight. So, right. but yeah, I mean, you know, you're talking eight to ten that are going to be in that sixty sixty five plus. Uh, I got lucky and you know matched up at giant ten. Um, haven't you know? I mean, I haven't had anybody else scoring for me, but you know, me and my buddies are just pissed around. I mean, we've been right in that one eighty three to one eighty five mark. So I mean, he's you know, he's, he's definitely a, a one eighty deer typical. We gave him a twenty inch spread, so I mean, you know, we gave him pretty much average spread, uh, but super long beams. I mean, almost twenty six and a half inch beams. Oh, uh, dude! You know, I always say because I'm a measurer, and I, I tell people, you know that kind of ask like what do you see that makes or if you had to just generalize like or when people ask like what generalizes like characteristics of like a good solid measured deer and i always yep. tell them like in general 24 and up beams like on a oh in, yeah on a regular typical frame deer 24 and up beams is what you need yep you get to oh, 26 yeah. inch beams man and you're you're talking about something special yep yep i i've got I've got, I've been lucky. I got three, I got three matching sets. I mean, different, different deer, not the same deer, but I've got three sets in my collection that are all over 170, and every single one of those um, are 26 inch plus beams. The one is a 27 and a 27 and a quarter, 
Holy um, shit, dude. And that deer was a straight eight. That deer was a straight eight that went 164, and he only had um, eight and nine-inch twos and threes on the one side, but he was so heavy, he had, like, 22 inches of mass on one side, and, like, he had, like, basically between main beams and mass, he was dang near flirting with 100 inches. I mean, it was it was stupid. I mean, it was literally, it was, I mean, but, you know, that deer ended up getting hit by a, he got hit by a car, and uh, he was a nine-point the next year, and he went, like, 174, but honestly, he was more impressive as the year before as just a straight eight. Because, I mean, he was just so big, and those beams, like, when I found him, I was like, this deer is going to have, you know, 25, 26-inch beams. And I put a tape on him, and it stretched past, you know, up into that 27 mark. And, I mean, it was just, I, that was the first gigantic set I've ever found of, you know, what I would call uh, just a complete giant match set. And, uh, oh, yeah, beams, man, you, you've got to have them. I mean, unless you've got 20 scoreable points, like just a normal 8 or 10, You've got to have big beams. I mean, right. you rack up so many inches on beams. It sounds crazy, but, you know, you take a 23-inch beam versus a 26, you know, on both sides. I mean, you literally just gain six inches. Doesn't sound like a lot, but, I mean, that's a lot at the end of a tally sheet. I mean, it really is. For sure. What, um, so the, on the set you found this year, when did you find the first one? First one, let's see. The first one, I got the first one in March. And um, that was a, you know, that that was a, towards the end of March, and I remember it was a, it was a bright, bright sunny day. I believe it was like maybe like the 22nd, 23rd of March, something like that. But mm-hmm. I saw that deer's being kind of shining, and I thought, man, but at first glance, I was like, you know, it it, it almost looked like it was going to be like a, a leg bone or something at a distance. And I pulled up my binoculars, and I still couldn't really tell. It was it was out there a good way. So, you know, the closer I got, the more I'm like, man, that looks like a giant main beam. And then I got within like 50 yards, and I was just like, there's tines coming off that. Like, that's either uh, the thickest rib cage I've ever seen or that's a freaking stud. You know, that's, that's gotta be the giant, you know, giant five by five. So I, I got up to it and pulled it up out of this grass. And I mean, it was, I mean, I just, I couldn't believe it. And so then immediately I'm like, okay, I've got an hour till dark. I'm going to grid search. Then, you know, I mean, you know, just try to cover as much ground right there around me as I can trying to find the match. Well, I ended up not finding the match for, you know, weeks later and, basically on the other end of the farm in a fence row. And all I can think is that he was in that fence row and um, either had bedded there for the day or was just crossing from field to field. And it's real thick, a bunch of crabapple trees. And I, I think he just, you know, just bumped it and, and it fell off. And I mean, it, it was laying tines up and everything. I mean, just like someone put it there for me. But I mean, it was just in such a weird spot. Like, I've actually been with, within probably a hundred yards of that shed a couple times, but it was so thick that it's a spot where, like, if you weren't actually walking down that fence or and actually looking for sheds, you'd probably never see it. I mean, even though it's a you know a freaking giant side like that, I mean, it's it was just one of those you know one of those deer where you know you just didn't the way it was laying, you would never see it if you really weren't 
looking for it or you didn't just stumble right on top of it and just got just got lucky. I mean, that's all it was to it. Just got lucky and got it before squirrels got to it and everything else. And uh, you know, I was just oh, I was I was freaking jacked. I mean, that's I get almost the same adrenaline rush for picking up a big shed like that as I do picking up the head of one I killed. I mean, it's it's very. The people are like, dude, that that there's no way you can be that jacked about a shed. But I, I honestly, I mean, it's. It is the next best thing right behind killing that deer. I mean, it's almost neck and neck for me. It yeah. really is. Well, they've clearly never met yet because you're checked about everything. But yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, we got the we got the two Iowa boys in the studio, and uh, you, you know you're running the measurements. They're rear shaking their heads. They're thinking that that shit ain't nothing, man. They they that's a well, dog toy. That's well, a let, chew let, toy let them say this. Doug's got a set of shed. How big is this set right here, Doug? Uh, 152. 152. Doug, yeah, Doug's got a 152 set that he just stumbled upon, well, apparently. Okay, I, I'm not going to say anything about the Iowa boys. All I'm going to say is, is when in Rome, I'm going to do as the Romans do. And if that means I have to bang my sister to fit in just so I can kill their big deer, hey, it is what it is. Where's my Where's my sister at? Because I want to come to Iowa and I want to live there. And if I'm going to be one of them to kill those big deer out there, I'm going to do it. So just tell me where my sister's at, and let's just do the damn thing. Because I want an Iowa deer tag right now. Man, this guy's so, been uh, to Lee County, Iowa before. Good let, lord, so, uh, you're invited to Iowa anytime. <laughs> bring your sister. Yeah, well, you're gonna bring ask. your sister. Good lord. God, that was the best thing that's ever been said on this podcast. It's funny, like, we always joke about the Iowa-Illinois. Like, we really don't mean any, like, there's nothing serious about it, but, man, but man you guys now are now we gay. have a guy talking about doing his sister. <laughs> yeah. for man, but, but that really sets, separates the, uh, do you really want to kill a 150-inch deer to, what are you trying to do to kill a Boone and Crockett deer? <laughs> well, like I, like I said, I mean... You know, I don't, I don't want to pull the incest card, but I mean, if I have to sleep with my sister for a one eighty five, I mean, where is she at? I guess it is what it is. I mean, <laughs> this is the last episode of the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> since, <laughs> the, since this is the last episode, what is her, her uh, Facebook account, and well, where can we see? That? I need to ask this. Clint, has there ever been any other podcast where you can like seriously talk about finding like massive antlers and then completely going straight off the deep end, like just plane crash? Oh, dude, we went to the illegal deep end. Uh, I mean, I mean this this podcast. Anyone who's who's going to tune in, especially when you guys get me on here. I mean, if you think we're going to follow like a script, or this is scripted, or we're going to like. Be like, you know, okay, this is what we're going to talk about here, and then we're going to transition into here. You're sadly mistaken, because it's hard to tell what may come out of this show, these, these episodes. I mean, it's, you know, literally it's like we're all sitting around a fire drinking bush lights, and you just, I mean, there's nothing off limits. I mean, we might be talking about Shadows one minute, and then... Steve's man falling the next. I mean, it could happen. You don't know. You just don't know what's going to go on. I mean, you, you don't know. In like 10 years, we're going to be doing it. Every, like, what people didn't know is we actually sat down and we wrote out every single episode and every single joke had to be approved by a committee. 
like the, the, the hidden files. <laughs> yeah, the hidden files. <laughs> like the behind the music, behind the podcast. Yeah, you know, we, we, we weren't really too keen on doing the whole incest bit, but, you know, we decided to roll with it, and it ended up being a pretty huge it thing worked. for us. It worked. It worked for us. <laughs> I, you know, we didn't care about it, but it was best for business. Transitioning yeah, I, back. <laughs> Clint. I, 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 I think it's. I, I think there's, there should just be a disclaimer that everyone should train. read. Everyone should just read the disclaimer before this. You know, these shows start, and it should just say, "Hey, hold on to your hats, crack open your beers. It's about to get weird. If you can't handle that, turn it off right now." I love it. Crack love open it. your beers. It's about to get weird. Yep. Clint, I mean, it is what it is. Clint, I gotta ask you. So. People are probably sitting here like, okay, you found 57 sheds this year. I mean, I can't. you probably found close. Yeah, how many sisters do you have? Good Lord. This is, they're probably saying, what do you do with all of them? Like, what, what happens with all these sheds you find? Honestly, I keep everyone. I mean, people's always like, hey, will you sell me three or four of your small ones for I'm going to make um, hangers in my restroom or whatever. I'm like. No, I mean, I just, no, like, I, I like to keep them. I just, I mean, don't ask me what I'm going to do with them. Like, when I'm 70 and I've got 5,000 of them laying around, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I have no idea, but I just, I like to keep them. I like to display them. I mean, I've actually got, like, probably a couple hundred of them in my house, in my one trophy room, and... I just, I mean, I'm addicted to them. I just, you know, I, I'm already, I'm already planning a couple shed hunts next year. With um, Skylar and Nicole Richards, two good friends of mine in Utah. We're going to go hit a few states out there and go find some elk and muleys. We need them on uh, a podcast, Clint. Oh, I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm going to, I'm calling it out. I'm just going to, I'm going to call her out right now. Skylar and Nicole, they, they just dropped uh, their newest blog. It's, uh, it's all about pet turkey hunting in Utah. And the box calling champion of the world, Nicole Richards, you can see her showcase, her box calling slash squawking spills. Everyone go check it out. We're going to get them on this podcast. She doesn't know it, but we just called her out. Now she has to do one. I know Skylar will do one, but she's like, ah, I'm not big on really doing the talking and all that, yada, yada, yada. We're going to get her on. It's going to be a good show because what? she's. She, she's a badass. I'm gonna tell you that right now. I mean, so you let her know. We're gonna talk all about her. A fantastic episode. Fantastic episode. Now, oh, for sure, get her on. We need, yeah, we need legit yeah. female bow hunters in the house to just for sure, yeah, to talk about finding antlers and and everything else and hunting and they were just in New Zealand, were they not? Oh, dude, they killed. If you go on my Instagram, I posted a picture of Skylar and then a picture of Nicole. Skylar killed first, then Nicole killed like two days later. They shot two giant stags in New Zealand. I mean, stupid big. Mass, points, scale lines, kickers, stick. I mean, just shit going everywhere. I mean, I, I told him, I'm like, I'm always going to go on to, to New Zealand with my book and kill one. And after, after hearing them and talking to them and them telling me all about it, you know, they were... They were Facebook messaging me and, like, you know, keeping in touch with me the whole trip. I mean, I was on pins and needles waiting for them to kill. I mean, it was just like, I, I can't wait to go there someday and actually hunt one myself. I mean, it's, but oh, yeah, I mean, they just, but they're, I mean, they're both. I mean, they everything from taxidermy to flying sheds to, you know, guiding hunters to, you know, doing their own public, public land hunting. I mean, they just, they do it all. Actually, 
both of them are coming to Ohio to hunt with me, I think, during the rut for like a week or so. So, I mean, it ought to be, you know, they're, they're pretty jacked about that. You know, I told them, I said, hey, you should come out to Ohio. I'm like, and hunt some ways, you know, and so they're, they're pretty pumped about that. So, I mean, when they come out, we're uh, going to have to do a podcast. I mean, just, yeah, everybody get on air. Yeah, we definitely should do it. I know I've been starting following those guys on Instagram after you were talking about them. I'm like, man, we need to get these guys on an episode right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're those two are the real deal. I mean, because everything they do is public land, too. That's what, you know, they're not doing outfitted, guided stuff. I mean, those two are sheds of public land. Everything they're killing is public land. I mean, besides that New Zealand deal, we, I mean, that's, I mean, like, I don't think they've done guided hunts or been on a guided hunt maybe even ever. I mean, everything they do is public. I mean, they do their own homework, and they get it done every year on giant muleys. And, I mean, it just like I said, they uh, they got it going on for sure. There's a lot to learn from those two for viewers and guys like us. I mean, anybody listening, there's a lot of knowledge to gain from those two because, I mean, they truly, honestly know what the hell they're doing, 110%. Yeah, that's awesome. If, if they deny it, I'll be offended. <laughs> well, I mean, right now we've got them back in the corner because if they want these Ohio buck tags, they're pretty much just going to have to do this podcast episode and like it. I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> I mean, it, realistically, you know, Nicole's just going to have to put her big girl pants on and, and, and jump on the show. It is what it is. I mean, she has no choice. That or I'm just going to let Skyler shoot both bucks and use her tag. I mean, it's her choice, whatever <laughs> she wants to do. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it's she. She'll have to do it. You call her out and uh, make tag her in this episode once it goes up. And uh, oh yeah, she'll have to, the bo- They both need to do one. Um, yes. What yes. I want to talk about is you have some upcoming hunts here, and uh, I just kind of go into detail, tell the people what you're doing, and. Uh, can you make a prediction on the success of this hunt? You need, you need to speak boldly, pull a Conor McGregor, and call the shots, and uh, let's hear the prediction. Uh, well, uh, on the 18th, I'm heading to Montana. I'm going out with a uh, good buddy good buddy of mine, uh, Brian Barney. He runs uh, Eastman's Elevated Podcast. He's one of the uh, main writers for Eastman's Hunting Journal. Got to be good friends with him. Been on the show a couple times and, and whatnot, and... Uh, he said, um, he said, hey, man, he said, why don't you come out and hunt, hunt bears with me in Montana? He goes, we got a bunch of color-faced bears. He goes, you know, it'll be a, be a hell of a time. We'll, you know, we'll do some fishing and do a bunch of hunting, and we'll, you know, we'll pack up in, and, and, and we'll just go out there and freaking see what happens, you know? And I said, hey, man, that sounds, that sounds great. So I've been looking forward to this hunt for a couple months now, and, you know, been running, lifting, and just kind of getting ready because I mean, it is a back country. You know, you're going to be eight to ten thousand foot. It's going to be a lot of glass and spotting and stalking. But I mean, prediction wise, going to go out there and kill it. Going to get it done. I mean, I'm saying by day four, prediction by day, day four, four, round four, round four, round four. I'm calling it right now. Big old cinnamon phase board. Ooh. Going to take a rage right behind the shoulder, forty-three yard quarter away shot. You guys are probably going to hear me from where you are that day, <laughs> freaking out on top of a mountain somewhere in Montana. That's my prediction. Boom! 
Cinnamon Ooh. phase, yeah, huh? Yeah, no, and no radio frequency involved. Just open up your ears that day. That's it. I'm telling you. That's. I mean, I. I'm just. I mean, I've never hunted Montana yet, so I'm jacked about that. Super jacked just to go out there and kick it with him. And I mean, he's a he's high energy. I mean, just. I mean, he's. He's one of those guys that when you talk to, you're just like, man, I want to hunt with that guy. I mean, he just, he just, you know, he's full of energy. He's always like, you know, every animal he sees, he's like, man, I know I could kill it. I know I could, I know I can make a stock on that animal. And I mean, that's just kind of how I am. Like, you know, when I see a deer or a bear or elk or whatever I'm after, I mean, I'm always first, like, my first thing is, okay, I know I can kill that buck or whatever it is now what's my game plan how am i going to do it i mean i just you know i feed off of other people that are like that that just have that go 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 mentality i mean that's that's how he is so i'm i'm jacked about there i mean i think it's going to be a hell of a good time um we're hunting in the rifle season so you know with our bows so i mean you know it's it's going to be fun i mean we're going to get way back in there get away from people and we're still giving hell for six or seven days and like i said by day five I'm going to be drinking beer somewhere. So I ain't going to have to even worry about it because day four, I'm chilling. Chilling by day four. That's <laughs> bold predictions. Well, day five, like you're going to be swinging through here doing a podcast. Yeah, there you go. Day five, I might be, might be in a bar in Montana doing a podcast. It could be true. <laughs> or in studio. What what's, uh, What are the dates of that? Can you, can you say that? Yeah, um, I leave the 18th, and I come back on the 25th. Ooh, all right. Ooh, yeah. You'll... So what day will you be? You'll be back through. You, you got to drive through Illinois. Or are you flying? I'm flying. Flying, uh, yeah, I'm flying just to cut my travel time and everything. Uh, flying, I'll be flying out of Pittsburgh. I'll fly straight into Bozeman. Well, you better you better have a, a layover in Moline and then we well, can do a podcast. Yeah, that'd be perfect. Oh, my, I might have to do a little rerouting. That's there right. You go. Well, there you de- go. depending on the day, uh, whatever round four happens, you might have to call in from the bush, and even if we have to do like a twenty-minute episode. And- oh no, dude! I have. He, he already told me what. We'll have, we'll have great service out there. Like he can, he can, he can upload photos on Instagram and stuff from some of those mountains. So, oh, I, I could for sure. We can do a podcast, no doubt, hundred percent. That'd be we'll have to figure it out. I'm, I'll be Hell in yes. Arizona here for the next few weeks, so I should be back at that time. And we'll uh, there's we'll plan something out. This could be could be a lot of fun. I want round four cinnamon phase though. Clint, I'm happy. telling you, round four, round four cinnamon phase. He's gonna eat a rage hypodermic right behind his shoulder, quartering away slightly. I already called it forty three yards. Forty three. Write if, that down, Clint. If it doesn't go down write like this, man, down, it's... write that down. The <laughs> Halon thirty two is gonna eat. Just leave your your sight set at forty three, and you'll be good. <laughs> there you go. That's way I'm more not, than Jackie Robinson's number. So forty three, easy to remember. Yep, I'm. I'm gonna set it before I leave, and I'm not touching it. I love there, it, there dude. I love the confidence, man. It's uh, I mean, how many bears have you killed? Right now, under my belt, I've got one big old black bear from Saskatchewan, Canada. The only bear I've ever been on. I need to, uh, I need to kill a mule deer or an elk in the next two years. Otherwise, I think I'm going to jump in the Mississippi and just. Oh, dude! I'm telling you, the mule deer epidemic has hit me so hard. I mean, it's well, 
in July, once I find out what unit I drew in June, in July, I'm going to go out and scout that unit for three or four days. Then the season opens, I think it's like the 26th of August. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go out to Colorado, fly out there for 10 days. And I already told my, I already told my boss, I said, I might not be here for two weeks. I'm going to plan on <laughs> missing, missing just a week. But I honestly might not be back for two. He's like, why? I'm like, because I cannot leave that godforsaken state knowing that it will kick my ass again like it did last year. I was so close twice <laughs> and just was not able to get it done. I mean, like, it, it has haunted me since I've left. I am going to, another bold prediction, Conor McGregor style, I am knocking a mule deer's teeth out in Colorado. You mark this down. <laughs> Shoot him in I the will, I will be posting a picture behind a velvet covered, velvet colored mule deer this year. I'm telling you that right now. All right, maybe that uh, mule deer is forty uh, something years old, three years out of retirement. So I hope so. It was a little Floyd Mayweather. Uh, hey. Yeah, it was a Floyd Mayweather. I forgot how old he is. Maybe he's only thirty nine. It doesn't yeah, matter. It doesn't Steve. matter. Mule deer is what matters here right now. A oh, mule, a velvet do, mule man. deer. Dude, so, wait. what would you, do? what would you do for a velvet mule deer? You're pointing at me, Kurt. Kurt, what, what would, would I do? do? If, like, yeah, if somebody's like, hey, I would punch you in the mouth super hard right now to. No, go you would do velvet that velvet if you didn't get a velvet mule deer. I'm, I'm like, can I punch? Should I punch him? I, I'd I would. punch him. Doug, I can would. you buy me a mule deer hunt if I punch Steve right now? No, but you can punch him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's an expensive. No, uh, I, I. Uh, that's a dream hunt. I want to kill a mule deer in general, hardhorn or, or velvet. It doesn't matter to me. I, I just, I'm, I'm ready for a mule deer or an elk. Like I'm ready for that. I'm just yeah. ready for something oh, yeah. different than whitetail. I think that I'm gonna start turkeys putting in for tags in New Mexico with Clint, and then <laughs> and let's get a combo tag. We're gonna go because those are easy to come by. Well, I, I feel like I'm gonna quit and wear me out. Well, the, the, the good thing about New Mexico is, is there's no point system. So every year, you pretty much, it's either you're in or you're out, which I kind of like in a way because some other states, I mean, until you got five or six points built up, it's hard to get in some, like, super good units. Um, but New Mexico is kind of one of them deals where it's like, hey, you fly, you might get drawn two years in a row, then you might go three years and not get drawn. I mean, it's just like it's it's random, you know, it's it's luck of the draw type of deal. I mean, you know, you, you got a 50-50 shot. But, no, I mean, I mean, I tell guys all the time, like, you don't have to train like your Cameron Haynes and run around carrying boulders and all that crazy shit. Like, the biggest thing that I tell people is, for me, what I've seen is you need to eat clean a couple months heading up. And, I mean, you do want to put a pack on your back with 30, 40, 50 pounds and do some walking. I mean, you don't need to go out and run marathons. You don't need to go to the gym six days a week. I mean, I like to work out. Um, I like doing stuff where I can compete against myself. So, I, you know, I enjoy lifting weights. I enjoy running. But, realistically, like, you don't have to do that extreme. A lot of it's mental. I mean, right, right. you can go you can go at your own pace, whether that's fast, slow, whatever. But a lot of it is the mental aspect of, okay, you know, I'm 16 miles from my truck. I'm by myself, or it's just me and a buddy, no guide. You know, I mean, you just you have to mentally have that toughness to 
push yourself through a six, seven, eight day hunt like that because, I mean, mentally, it takes its toll. I mean, you know, some of these places I go, you have no communication with the outside world. There is no Facebook. There is no Twitter. There's no Instagram. There's no texting your old lady. There's no calling home. It is you in a freaking trees and mountains, and that's it. I mean, now, I love that shit. I, I love it. I mean, to me, that's great. Living like a hobo for seven, eight, nine, ten days, whatever, I love it. But some people, they struggle with that. And, I mean, that's right. why I tell people, like, you've got to mentally have yourself ready for that type of a scenario because that's what you're going to deal with. I mean, you know, and the first time you do, like, a hunt by yourself, totally by yourself, I mean, it is scary. I mean, I'll be the first to admit I was scared shitless that night before I left my very first solo hunt because it's just so many what ifs and what if I don't like it? What if I do miss home? What if I, I mean, but once you get out there, you just got to have that, hey, you know, you're back in a corner. It's a fourth quarter. You got to come out swinging every single day with that mentality of, I'm gonna, today's the day I'm going to get it done. Okay. Tomorrow's the day I'm going to get it done. The next day, I mean, it's just, that's that's the biggest thing that I see is you just got to have that will to, I'm going to get it done no matter what. I mean, as long as you've got that drive, I don't care how many miles you can run, what your bench press is, you got to have that mental toughness to be like, all right, I'm going to stick it out, I'm going to hunt my balls off, and hopefully it happens. I mean, that's just, it is what it is. That's, that's what, you really control so much on those hunts. For sure. It's that's good advice. I mean, you have to want it and you have to think of like envision success. And I've never done a Western type hunt, but every year, like whitetail hunting here in the Midwest, like I envision my success. Like if I'm sitting at work and I'm spacing out, which happens a lot, especially getting close to hunting season, I'm envisioning, or like when I lay down that's to go to bed, that's all you're thinking about, like I'm in, yeah, I'm envisioning like that buck coming in at like, just like it happened last season, that buck coming in at 60 yards and me putting an arrow through him and, and how I'm going to aim and, and calm myself through the situation and, oh, yeah. and yep, making sure I know where he goes and everything and yeah. where, you know, every, all of that, all of it, thinking through the whole oh, set. Yeah. I, you know, you yeah. always, yeah, again, what you're talking about, you always prepare for what you hope happens, but you never prepare for the buck coming in at six yards. You know, I was like, ah, I got the spot and he might be 20 yards and you know, when you're when you're doing western hunting, you might think, yeah, we might go to this pasture and things might work out, but all of a sudden it's right in your face and it's three three times closer than you thought it would be. Like, how do you adapt to being able to, yep. you know, handle that situation? Well, I mean, like for me, I know, like with well, prime example. Um, Extra buck I killed last year. I mean, I bet you I envisioned putting an arrow through that deer 17 million times from last May till the opening night of the season. I mean, every oh, I, I guarantee it. I mean, I had I literally had myself convinced I was killing that deer in the first week of season. Now, where do I want to have my celebration party? I mean. I, I honestly, I think, was overconfident because I just had envisioned I'm going to kill this deer. There's just, there's just no question about it. I mean, I would not let myself even think of failure or think of anything but I'm, uh, I'm killing this buck. But I'll be the first to tell you, with all the shooting I do, all the mental preparation. I mean, you guys all know my background. I shot, you know, competitively at the professional level for years. 
Dude, when I first drew back on that deer, as you guys know from previous shows, mm-hmm. I could not keep my single pin on the deer's body at 23 yards. I was that worked up. I had to let down. I've been shooting back tension and blank mail since I was 10, 12 years old. I mean, like, you, sh- I should not allow myself to get frazzled like that. But literally, I mean, I had no choice but to let down and freaking regroup. And luckily, I was able to regroup get redrawn and and smoking, but literally, I mean, you know, you can envision, and I mean, you can prepare, but once you're in that moment, I mean, it's just, it's hard to explain to people what it feels like, but, but that's why I do it. I mean, the day that I ever lose that is the day I'm going to hang my butt and say, okay, I've done all I can do, it's been a fun ride, but this no longer is the sport for me. I mean... And honestly, that day will never come because I get as jacked right now talking about shooting a buck as I do in the moment. I mean, it's just, it's literally just a sickness. I mean, you guys all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, you guys all got it too, but it's just like, if that would ever leave me, it would totally ruin my love and passion for bow hunting because that's why I like it. I mean, I will work you know, blood, sweat, and tears all year for that five seconds of just complete body overload of adrenaline it's it's all worth it i mean that's that is why i do it i mean and everyone's like you do all these crazy hunts and do all this crazy stuff and then and, and all this money on airfare and gas and all this stuff and i'm like yeah but you don't understand what those five or ten seconds are like for me like right. it's i would i mean every single year i will continue to do it just for that 10 or 15 seconds of just pure Adrenaline overload. I mean, that to me is, that's the ultimate thrill. It's, you know, right before, oh yeah, like, for me, it's when I'm drawing back and I get settled in and I know it's going to happen, I'm going to get to shoot. I'm going to get my shot. I got my chance here. You know, here it goes. I mean, that is just like the world slows down right there. I mean, I literally, like, I live for that moment right there. I live for that shit. Your passion, dude, is like so over the top. I love it. Like you're so inspirational. I'm just like, you're just incredible, dude. Just talking to you is just like, you're full throttle all the fucking time, man. It's badass. A buddy of mine wants me to get. <laughs> speaking, of, I mean, you guys all know like I have a bunch of tattoos and stuff. Which I mean, Kirk, you know, I mean, you're you're right there with me. I mean, you're, you know, you're addicted to ink like me or whatever. A buddy of mine wants me to get. WFO down the back of my arm to finish out my sleeve. And I said, WFO? He goes, yeah. He goes, for, and it's going to stand for wide fucking open. He goes, because literally, if someone held a gun to my head and said, how would you describe Clay Casper and just how he is as a, as a hunter, a person, whatever? He goes, I would just say WFO. He goes, because that's just, that's you, dude. He's like, you are wide fucking open all the time. And I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is what it is. That's just, I don't know. I mean, I just, like, I don't know. I've, I, I had, uh, I've had two, two best friends get killed at, at a young age. Uh, my mom, she's had lung cancer for five years, been battling it, you know, doing really well and all that. But I just, I don't know. All that stuff has just shown me, like, man, like, you never know what tomorrow brings. You never know what you're going to have. You never know what you're going to get to do down the road. So for me, 
over the years, I've just developed that, like, hey, man, I'm going to chase my dreams. I'm not going to sit back and watch somebody else do them. I'm going to go do what I want to do, go out there and live it and do it. And you know what? If I was to die tomorrow, man, I would literally be like, hey, I had a hell of a good ride, hunted a bunch of shit, did a bunch of crazy stuff, saw stuff that most people will never <laughs> see. Like, I lived a good life, man. And, I mean, honestly, every day, that's just, that's just, that's just how I roll. That's just like, hey. Awesome. You never know what tomorrow brings, man. I love it. What's love up? It. So, what I do want to, I want to do want to talk about tattoos briefly, but but first, I want to uh, real quick if you can talk about this because for our listeners that I mean, I'm sure if our listeners are hanging with us at almost 150 episodes, they've heard you on in previous episodes. And I don't know how many. What does this make the four, three, four, five episodes up with us? Three to five, right? Yeah, okay. I think it's, I guess it's like four or five, something like that. And they're going to keep coming, man. You're right to talk to you. But for people that know you from previous episodes or if they're new tuning in, what's your trophy room like, man? I mean, what do you have? If you could just run through real quick, like what's in what's in your man cave trophy room? Um, I got um, I got thirteen. I got uh, let's see, I got thirteen. I got thirteen whitetails on the wall. Thirteen. I, I got yeah. I got I got thirteen on the wall. I've got those are shoulder mounts. I've got. Um, I got seven European mounts. I've got my black bear from Canada, full body mounted. I got my mountain lion from New Mexico, full body mounted. I've got, um, four full body turkey mounts. I've got, um, my elk from New Mexico, my six by five elk I killed a couple of years ago. I got shoulder mounted. I got new shoulder mounted. I got all my sheds. I've got um, a wild boar I shot with my bow down in Southern Ohio, free range. I've got, um, uh, I don't know, I got some small game stuff, some, like, squirrels and just stuff I shot when I was younger. Uh, I got a, I actually, one super cool mount that I've got, that I, I, I used to trap a lot when I was little. I got an albino raccoon, full body mounted. Wow. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. You got pink nose, pink eyes, all that stuff. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, I've got, uh, I'm trying to think. I think that's, I mean, that's, that's like, oh, I, I got a, um, what am I missing? I'm missing something. Turkeys. Oh, I got a, I got a full body coyote. I shot in, uh, shotgun season a few years ago. I, I, I killed a really nice coyote, uh, here in Ohio. I got him done. I, I, I think that's, I think that's it. Um, hope I'm going to have a, a cinnamon face bear here coming up. I'm going to have a big mule <laughs> deer from Colorado coming up. Um, so you know those are those are in the near future. Um, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much what's there right now. Um, I got probably a couple hundred sheds in there and a um, bunch of turkey beards and spurs and stuff like that and whatnot, but. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, that is that's awesome, it, man. man. Inspirational trophy room. And real quick, because I always get a kick out of it when we get to talk to uh, people in the industry that are tattooed. And it's a growing thing. Tattoos are getting more popular, like in our society. And we have uh, we got a podcast coming up here with Greg Litzinger from uh, New Jersey, mm-hmm. and he's covered in tattoos. And he's a archer, nice. he's a competitively public land guy. Um, nice, great guy. What? I mean, tell people about your ink and and what 
what you have and maybe some reactions you've gotten like within the hunting industry or just talking to people in general that are have common interest yeah um so basically what i did is i took my uh my, my left arm and started a sleeve and pretty much what i've done is i said okay everything i've killed with my bow um big game wise i want to get tattooed and i want to i basically i want this start on my left arm at my wrist, go clear up, cross my back, cross my shoulders, and then down my other side where I've got both arms done, both chest pieces, and then, um, you know, my back. And um, so, like, right now I've got my black bear, I got um, turkeys, I got a white tail, I got an elk. Um, I'm actually going in right after I get back from Montana to finish off my left side, I'm going to get my mountain lion done and I'm going to get um, some shed stuff and just a few little fill-ins and that's going to pretty much fill up my uh, my left side. Right side, I'm going to be adding on that mule deer come this fall. Mark that down. I'm calling that. You're going to see the ink come about September 1st. I'm going to be getting inks for uh, this, that mule deer. But, no, I mean, I just, you know, um, I take a lot of pride and I got a lot of respect for, you know, the animals and stuff that I do chase. And, um, I mean, I just, you know, I, I just think it'd be kind of cool to say someday, like, hey, you know, I've killed 17 out of the big, you know, out of the Super Slam or, you know, I mean, my goal has always been to kill the Super 10 with a book. And, you know, I, I really think someday I, I can accomplish that. And basically that's one animal out of every species. So, you know, you're going to get, like, you know, a goat. A sheep, you know, you're gonna have a deer, elk, um, bear, yeah. you know, yeah, you, you know, got a cat, um, you know, blah blah. You're gonna have ten of those. I'll never be able to afford to do the twenty-eight, so I want to get the super ten with a bow, and and then however many else I can add on to that would be great. But I just want someday to be like, hey, you know what? I, whenever I'm eighty-five, the ink will be faded. They'll probably look like shit, but I can be like, you know what? I killed 17 of them, and every single one, I got, I got tattooed on me, exactly. And what's cool is I always get them tattooed on my body, the last image I had of them. So, like, my deer, the one that I got the tattoo of, he was making a rub right before I killed him. That's how he's on my arm. Uh, my bear, he was cornering away, got his foot up on his stump, looking away from me. That's how he's tattooed on my arm. My mountain lion was straight up above me. I'm going to have it tattooed where, like, I'm, I'm looking straight up at it. So, I mean, like, it's kind of like the last image I have of all the, the animals I've killed with my buff. That's how I get them tattooed. Like, I, you know, I, I explained to my, my tattoo guy, um, his name is Jason. He's a, he, he's a badass bow hunter himself. Actually, he'll probably be listening in. He, he follows you guys and stuff. Where's he but, tattooed uh, at? Bad Boy and Alliance. Jason Irie's his name. And he's what? Done, uh, I got, I got, um... Next tattoo I get, I think it'll be fifteen, and he's done every single one. He's done all of them. What uh, what tattoo? Where, what city is that tattoo shop in? Uh, Alliance, Ohio, Northeast Ohio, about thirty minutes from where I live. I just got tattooed in uh, Columbus, Ohio. I got to get a, a big yeah. shout out, and uh, I know I tried to hook up with you there. We we're conflicting schedules. Sacred Hand Tattoo Shop in Columbus, and. Uh, High Street Tattoo in Columbus, right on, right downtown. Um, if I lived in Ohio, anywhere within three hours of those tattoo shops, I would be so covered. It'd be sickening. It was just so easy to go in. All the tattoo artists there are really good. And then uh, also, big shout-out to uh, Freedom Inc. Tattoo in Peoria, Illinois. I just got tattooed there last Friday. Oh, 
So awesome. It's it's a sickness, man. I mean, you get how it is. You oh, say, it is. Oh, yeah. It's it's, I'll tell you, I I always tell people don't don't go get tattooed if you don't want ten or twelve. Because if you just want one, you don't even do it because you're not going to just stop at one. You're going to get one. You're going to want two. Then you're going to want three. Then you want to get five. It's going to end up being twenty-seven. That's a and then you're going to look like a. It then was, you're gonna look like a hole. Then you're gonna look like a hole again, and you're gonna walk in to meet your old lady's mom and dad someday, and they're gonna look at you and be like, "What the hell's on your arm?" And then you can go <laughs> in and explain to them how you're this love hunting imbecile, and you're just living out your dreams, and you're this psycho that runs around the world and kills stuff. And they'll be like, "Oh, great! Can't wait for you to take her out again." Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, I just did my. I just got my fingers tattooed, like full blast. And, oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone, you sent me that picture, dude. It looks awesome. Thank you. And it's uh, people who don't have tattoos don't understand it. <laughs> it's like, oh uh, no, it's no. like, dude, you just tattooed your fingers. Like you, you, you're an idiot. And you're like, yeah, but you, you just don't get it. Like, right? I obviously don't care what you think. Like, if I have my fingers tattooed, but oh yeah. It also, it's uh, you know, it, when I see someone that's tattooed, it's like, man, you're committed. You're committed to something, and you have passions, and uh, you're living yeah. your life to the fullest. It's your body; you can do whatever the hell you want with it, man. And and uh, hey, hunt run with are even it, cooler. Man. Run with it. Exactly. So, Clint, man, thank you so much for doing this episode again. Uh, we we love you. We can't wait for another blog. People are people are kind of hounding me. I'll get we'll get it up. Absolutely, absolutely. We had. We had a little bit of, we've had a little bit of a delay, but I, I, I promise it's, it'll be well, uh, well worth the wait. Oh yeah, we know. Life happens, buddy. It's working class bow hunter. The people understand. If not, they can go back to uh, white collar bow hunter. You know, because that's a uh, that's a podcast now. Everyone's got one. So uh, white collar bow hunter. Um, dot org because I got enough money to. Yeah, it's a dot org an organization. Yeah, but we're working class bow hunter dot com. If you'd like to go check it out, um, Clint, you got a shout out real quick. One last thing to say before we get off. Well, I just want everybody to know that. It's a confirmed thing. We we had the blood test done. Lee and Tiffany's baby is in fact Lee's. I I will not be getting blamed um, for this one. This was not me. I haven't been in Iowa in over a year. Um, Lee was pretty adamant. Lee was pretty adamant on me having the blood test done. So we did the blood test, and in fact, the uh, you know the the beautiful child of theirs is in fact Lee's, and it's not mine. So this. This go around, there will be no discretion. Um, uh, just a little update as far as Eva goes. I mean, I still have that restraining order on her. She just won't <laughs> let me alone. Um, I actually, she has her new book out. It's called Taking Aim. Supposedly in that book, when she's talking about taking aim with her eye on the prize, she, like, describes some dude from Ohio with tattoos. I don't know. Coincidence, you tell me. <laughs> I'm not going to buy the book. I mean, I still have the restraining order. I mean, her husband plays hockey. He's probably a badass. I really don't want to deal with him anymore. So I've kind of cut her out of the loop. Um, <laughs> as, far as, as far as new women in my life, I mean, Miranda Lambert and Taylor Gurry have liked 261 of my photos combined in the last week. So I'm not quite sure where that's going. Not going to put them in stage 57 clear status yet, but it's close. <laughs> I mean, they're getting there. Outside of that, though, Again, I'm gonna call out. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna call him out from Utah, Nicole and Skyler. You're getting your ass on the podcast, whether you like it or not. <laughs> You'll be forced to have fun with us. You're gonna be forced. Mark this down. 
on May 22nd, my fourth day in Montana. I'm shooting a cinnamon phase bear at 43 yards. And then in August, probably about August 30th, perhaps, you're going to see me behind a velvet muley. That's a wrap. I want everybody to go out, chase your dreams, go shoot your bow, go download this episode, follow all these guys, follow me, working class bow hunter, best podcast out there, hands <laughs> down. That's a wrap. You're the best, man. We love you so much. Thanks again. Thanks to everyone who listened. Follow your dreams, chase your dreams, go shoot your bow. We love you. When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.